You are listening to EP Culture Beat, the underground source of El Paso, Texas. How's it going, man? How are you? Doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing good on this hot June day. Luckily, I've been working indoors all day. <laughs> um, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people listening out there. So my name is Andre Gutierrez. I'm a local farmer. I guess now you can consider me an urban farmer. Uh, I've spent the last five years farming here in this region and really getting to know uh, the food that you can produce here and the local network uh, that goes with it. And you're uh, part of Myers Mushrooms. Yeah, so that's a company that I did not start myself. Um, actually, Eric Myers, shout out to Eric Myers. He, he taught me everything I know. Um, he actually has a really big following on YouTube and websites, and he, he supplies a lot of mushroom growers, um, not only with supplies, but a lot of information mm-hmm. um, on his videos. Um, so yeah, I apprenticed with him for a couple of months. Um, he got actually orders from the military to leave El Paso and basically leave his business here because all of his, uh, re- all of his customers were restaurants. Mm. Um, and since I was already in the scene, him and I were already networking on a weekly basis, uh, selling to restaurants and local chefs and local food hubs. And so he reached out to me to see if I wanted to take over the company. Oh, cool. And I had already fallen in love with with producing and cultivating mushrooms, so I, 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 you know, I, I quickly said yes, and um, that's where I am now. Here, two years later. What's your title with Myers Mushrooms? Um, well, at the moment, I'm I'm the owner and the operator. I'm the only person um, doing everything right now. Uh, at the at the beginning, I did have help uh, by an apprentice, Jacob Bodner. Um, he works at La Samia Food Center. Um, so I guess going back to the beginning of my whole food producing story yeah. here in El Paso, um, it, it all started at La Samia Food Center. So shout out to them. They've changed my life uh, for the better. Um, and I can't thank them enough. Um, but yeah, so me and Jacob were colleagues there, co-workers there at, at the community farm where I helped manage uh, for almost four years or a little over four years. And so, yeah, he helped me during the beginning of me taking over the company because I was, cool. I was so involved with all these other projects that I couldn't really uh, handle it all on my own. Uh, so thank you, Jacob, for, for all your help. Um, and hopefully I can get you back on, on um, once all this COVID stuff um, settles down and we can get back to our regular schedule. Um, is this Semia's place still a farm? Yeah, so La Semia Community Farm um, is a 13-acre farm. Um, Where's it located? It's in Anthony, New Mexico. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, and so they uh, that whole organization is is based on like uh, community education uh, about food and uh, the whole local food movement, um, eating the right food, um, you know, changing our diets, changing the way we view our food. Um, not only all that, but they also do a lot of 
education in, in the schools in this region. So they've teamed up with a lot of the schools and school districts here in this region uh, to be able to build out uh, school gardens and teach the children how to grow the food, uh, how, to, cool. how to harvest the food, how to prepare the food once it's harvested wow. and all the nutritional value that, it, that comes with that. So I was surrounded by a lot of amazing people and um, definitely has changed my perspective and changed my, yeah, my life um, all the way around in, in every aspect. Wow. Um, <coughs> what varieties of mushroom do you guys grow here at, at Myers Mushrooms? So currently I'm growing uh, blue oyster mushrooms, lion's mane mushrooms, and king oyster mushrooms. What do each of them do? Or what, what's the differences between each three of these? So each have their own texture, have their own flavor. Although they're very, very similar flavors, you can see a difference. But yeah, it's a, they, these are all gourmet mushrooms. Um, so a lot of the chefs, you know, in, in the top restaurants here in town are familiar with those a lot more than we are, um, you know, as as El Paso citizens um, and it not being part of our culture, you know, in our food. Um, not as much, right? Not as much. We're not very familiar with the cuisine that mushrooms can like provide. Um, that's something that I actually found out recently about the community is how much support I was able to get once COVID hit. Mm -hmm. Most of the restaurants um, that I was working with on a weekly basis closed down. So... I didn't have any outlet, so I made a video, and it was shared by a lot of people, and luckily I was able to sell everything I harvested that week. Nice. And ever since that video, um, I've been making deliveries you know, directly to people's doors, and yeah, I can't thank the city enough for supporting uh, this whole mushroom movement. How many pounds are harvested here? That's one of the special things about this operation um, and something I want to highlight um, every time I talk about it is that I'm able to grow about 100 pounds of food every single week. What? Yeah, so the work never stops. Uh, I'm in what you call a perpetual cycle, so there's always something following my harvest a week behind it. But the most special thing about it is that I'm working out of a two-car garage, and so it's only a 20 feet by 22 feet footprint. So when you start talking about being able to feed communities with a small amount of space and resources, it's, it's a really special story. Just so people can know, um, the grow area you just mentioned, it's in the middle of a neighborhood in the west side. Yeah, so as urban as it gets, mm -hmm. residential. Under everybody's nose. And it's mainly the reason why I stayed here in the first place is to, you know, use my skills and my knowledge uh, and give back to the community that I grew up in. Yeah. You said that you harvest at least once a week. Yeah. 100 so pounds. So that's per month. That'll be what? 400 pounds? 400 pounds a month. And then per year, that'll be 4,800 pounds? Is that? I can't do the math right now. There, there's, <laughs> there's four weeks in a month. Or there's typically four weeks in a month. Yeah, so 400 there's, per month times yeah. 12 months, um, whatever that is. 4,800. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. That's so nearly 5,000. You probably do do 5,000 pounds. Probably, but also I'm in the process of expanding my operation because now that I know the city is supporting me, like from the public, and then once restaurants start opening up again, um, I know they're going to have their orders, their usual orders in. So I, I want to be prepared for that whenever that starts happening. Um, not only that, um, w once COVID hit, it kind of 
created a whole new niche or a whole new way of consuming food where a lot of people would rather have their food delivered directly to their door rather mm. than going into the grocery stores and having to deal with all the all the mess that we're having to deal with right now, standing in long lines and and all the proper procedures that we need to be taking. So with that, the food hubs, the local food hubs here, one being Desert Spoon Food Hub, shout out to them. And then another one out of Silver City, uh, Deming area called Southwest Food Hub. Um, so when all that COVID stuff hit, they were able to get a whole lot of new support from the public as well, which in turn helped make bigger orders from them to me. And so that's kind of what's been happening now. And you're like making the public healthy. Yeah. You so and a bunch of other growers are making the public a little bit healthier. So that's what I love <laughs> most about what I'm doing is, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to do something positive in this community. And, and what better than to give them some healthy food? What conditions do mushrooms need to thrive? My operation is a climate-controlled facility. Mm-hmm. Um, it stays at 68 degrees. That's chilly. Very chilly. Very nice when you get into the middle of the summer. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, Just I, chilling there. I, I got used to working in the field, and it gets really, really hot in the field. So I'm really enjoying and appreciating uh, working in this lab right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so 68 degrees. Humidity ranges from 60 to 80 percent uh, humidity at all times depending on the stage of life of the mushrooms. But that's wow. just the fruiting chamber itself where the, where the actual growth happens. So then there's an incubation uh, air area that stays at 70 degrees, um, constant circulated air. Wow. Why does it need constant air like that? So the circulation part of it, um, that way everything incubates evenly. Also, um, complete darkness in that room. So basically the incubation is mimicking underneath the forest floor or inside of a dead tree right yeah. so so that's what that mimics um the 70 degrees the darkness the air circulation and then what we mimic in the fruiting chamber at 68 degrees and 40 to 80 percent humidity is basically a forest or a jungle yeah. um, type environment that that the that the mushrooms love wow how yeah, do you, how do you even figure out all that, man? Like, wow. So again, I mean, um, a lot of my information, um, well, I mean, 100% of my information comes from Eric Myers. Yeah. Um, and I mean, not only Eric Myers, but YouTube. I've gotten so much information from YouTube. I, I joke around that I, I graduated from the University of YouTube. <laughs> I think we all did. So yeah, I really do like believe in self-learning. The way you described the growing process, it's, it almost sounds like, like magical. Like it has to be dark, it has to be a certain type of way, because if you what well, if you don't do it right, what happens if you don't do it right? Well, then you get a lot of bacteria and mold and and yeah, a lot of a lot of funkiness. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's a there's a fine line between wow. p- between you know a good product and and something you can't even look at or sell. What uh what affects flavor the most? Um, what it actually grows out of does affect flavor a lot, but um, what I what I grow out of is called Master's Mix, um, and so that was developed by a mushroom farmer, and actually that is what we call substrate in the mushroom world, and, and I actually produce that substrate um, from scratch here in this mm-hmm. operation, so that's one of the ways I'm able to save money is that I produce that from scratch, and a lot of mushroom growers will actually just buy that already made. Wow. What I was thinking of as you're talking about, like the flavor and stuff, um, there's some people that just can't stand the taste of mushrooms. 
and some people like they taste mushrooms and it tastes freaking awesome have you figured out what that is like have you converted a non-mushroom eater into a mushroom eater well i i think i mean i wasn't too fond of mushrooms myself and so <laughs> i'm probably the biggest person that i've converted or the biggest conversion that's ever happened um but yeah i guess um now that I know a lot more about mushrooms and I'm actually listening to podcasts about mushrooms and stuff like that. Um, Wait, there's podcasts, mushroom <laughs> podcasts? on mushrooms, <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's there's a whole There's a whole subculture. Cool, cool. Um, but basically, it's kind of a cultural thing and, and how we're raised. And, you know, you break down, you break it down by the country and by the culture and stuff like that. And, and there's actually, you know, there's, um, they call them mycophobes and... Um, mm. And then the, the and vice versa, or the opposite of that, you know, people that love mushrooms and people that dislike them. And it's mainly like based on, on a cultural thing. Yeah. I, I don't know too, too much in depth about that, but that's what I hear on the podcast and stuff. Cool. Just depends on local cuisine, man. Local yeah. cuisines. You mentioned that you guys deliver. Can folks also pick up or is it just strictly delivery service? So that's a good question. Actually, right now with the temperatures getting really high, um, I, I would rather not leave something at someone's doorstep like we have been doing or I have been doing. I'm hoping to develop a couple of different pickup points throughout the city if people would rather do that uh, and not have the mushrooms sit, sit at their doorfront for whatever reason. Um, so hopefully here in the next two weeks, that will already be organized and coordinated. That's cool. Um, does this summer heat make it a little bit harder for you or has, it, has the operation still gone pretty smoothly? So the 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 main issue I used to run or run into when I first uh, started this com or started to take over this company is um, in the summers it gets really hot. So then the air conditioning in that facility is always blasting. So the way I got around that is now it's all running off solar power. Oh, cool. Yeah. So Myers Mushrooms is 100 percent solar powered. And I've switched all my packaging over to compostable packaging, uh, brown paper bags um, that were produced with 100% recycled material. Um, the only thing I don't like about the operation that I'm running right now is the amount of plastic bags that I use mm. uh, for actually growing the mushrooms out of. There hasn't really been much technology to improve that part of, of uh, the operation. You showed me the operation in the garage, and it looks like they have to be, they have to grow together clumps, like in a. Yeah, so I mean, sort, like they're bagged, but like it looks more like they're clumps. Like a big cluster, yeah. yeah so, yeah. so they grow out in clusters, but um, what ends up happening after I make my substrate, it all goes into a big sterilization barrel, and those bags are specially made to withstand the heat. They're basically autoclavable is what they call mm. them. They're able to withstand the heat that, I, that they go through uh, once I put them into that steriliz sterilization barrel. Um, and then again, those are specially made for the mushroom industry. So they have these special filters on them as well. So, so there can be... Um, ventilation? Yeah, ventilation. Yeah, ventilation. <laughs> it's a hot day, folks. <laughs> You kind of already delved into this, but were you always into horticulture uh, as a kid? Did you, you know, was one of your hobbies like growing your own garden or is this something that you just kind of like stumbled into? Um, it's something I, I stumbled into, but not really stumbled into. Uh, so I was already doing landscaping work here in this region. Cool, cool. Um, 
And so that's why it was so easy for me to translate all of the skills and experience that I learned um, in the landscaping industry Mm -hmm. into the farming industry, right? So like running tractors and running irrigation and designing irrigation and um, building stuff being uh, in construction and all that type of stuff. And so Mm -hmm. um, all those skills kind of put me on the farm. And then once I was on the farm, I fell in love with producing food. I I was never, you know, I've, I've lived in El Paso since I was five years old. Um, I, I never knew how much different food you could grow in this town. Mm. Um, and once I realized it, once I saw the, I would say it was probably about 20 different varieties of, of vegetables that I saw when I walked onto the field of, of La Semilla and it just blew my mind. Mm. Yeah. Damn. Epiphanies involving plant life and earth. What health benefits do mushrooms have? So that's an interesting question that, um, if you were to ask me that at the farmer's market, um, I would have to kind of answer that in a special way, um, because of FDA and because of USDA and, and all that type of stuff. So I, I, I am not a doctor, I'm not a physician and, and nothing that I, that I, I would tell you about this mushroom disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. Basically <laughs> I have to say this disclaimer. Um, and so what I actually would like to do is tell people to do their research because there's so much information that even if I start listing stuff, I'm going to leave out so much other information um, that might that might be um, very important for you. Um, so so definitely there's there's a lot of uh, information uh, out there. Can you list at least three? <laughs> um, anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer. Um, so primarily breast cancer and colon cancer. Um, th- those are the big ones. Um, so lion's mane is a brain food. So it helps uh, neurologically. And mm-hmm. it actually re- uh, is, is said to reverse dementia. Wow. So those are some of the special things that uh, these mushrooms can do. But like you said, um, there's tons of research out there. People can do their own research. Definitely. Are any of these mushrooms psychedelic, man? Nope. <laughs> I just had to ask that one. <laughs> yep. No, it's 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 something that gets brought up a lot. Yeah. 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 You'd be surprised how many people ask me at the farmers market and They're joke like, I'm about not it. Trip, am I? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not at all. <laughs> What's something new that you've learned about mushrooms since you started this? So yeah, I never realized how nutritional they are. They kind of get pushed aside from all these like superfoods and all the trendy stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Although lion's mane is becoming very trendy and people are, are starting to uh, spread the information that, mm-hmm. that is coming up on them. The cool thing about it is that it's such a brand new, I guess, uh, product that's, that's being created now with the lion's mane powders is that the research is just now finding a lot more and a lot more as we go along. What are lion's mane powders? That is something you can find at your health food stores, um, natural food stores. Um, again, it goes with it goes along with the with the neuro neurological. It's 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 brain food, um, so um, it helps with your focus um, mainly. And you're developing them too. Yeah, so I grow them here. Um, you can buy them fresh from me. Um, currently, I am not dehydrating and and making powders. Uh, because I sell out every week, and so I don't even have the chance to get to that point. With this expansion of my production, I'm hoping that I can have a little bit of extra at the end of the week so I can start uh, producing powders. Cool. Do you know any easy mushroom recipes 
Um, easy mushroom recipe for me. The easiest one is uh, go buy a pizza from like a frozen pizza or a pizza that's already ready to go into the oven. Chop up some mushrooms and throw it on there and throw it in the oven. Uh, that's the easiest one. My favorite one though is is um, like a carne asada, like a vegan carne asada. Whoa. Yeah. So just chop it up, spice it up just like you would your carne asada with mm-hmm. the same with the same spices and and um, and throw it on on a tortilla with all your toppings. Um, and but one thing that really got a lot of popularity here in town and and a couple of restaurants are are doing it now um, is our vegan menudo. So we we started making a a menudo with the lion's mane. So the lion's mane substitutes the the, the tripe. tripe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it kind of blew a lot of vegans' minds and vegetarians' minds and 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 kind of uh, went viral in that whole like vegan community. And all these recipes you mentioned all involve lion's mane. Um. Well, yeah, the menudo is definitely the lion's mane, but um, I mean. That's the great thing about mushrooms is I feel like you can substitute mushrooms with any of your favorite meat mm-hmm. dish um, if you're trying to eat less meat. And what type would be the carne asada type? For me, I like the blue oyster for that. Blue oyster. We've actually even thrown it on the grill, like on, a, on mesquite charcoal. and So those are pretty big then. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're so, going to throw them on the grill. Yeah. So <laughs> for those ones that we throw on the grill, I actually grow them a little bit, a little yeah. bit bigger. Um, but yeah, you wouldn't even tell the difference after you put the seasoning on and it comes off that mesquite grill. Wow. Yeah. Is it cause it's also essentially protein? Well, I mean the whole protein aspect. Yeah. But th- I think the texture, mm-hmm. um, is what really the texture and the visual, even when you're looking at it, you're like, what? Like that looks so much like a steak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, my, it's a mind fuck. <laughs> Something for summer. When you're making your your carne asada in the summer, guys, toss a what kind was it? Blue oyster mushroom. Toss a blue blue oyster mushroom on there. I feel like um uh there's a slow rising need for meat alternatives. Yeah, definitely, and I think um now more than ever, you know, we we're seeing a lot of crazy stuff going on about um food supplies and and mm-hmm. and the whole grocery store store supply chains and all that stuff. So. I urge everyone to to grow their own food and, and and learn about what they're eating and putting in their bodies and try to be as self-sufficient as possible and support local. I mean, those are those are all the reasons why I farm here in El Paso. Nice, nice. What's your ultimate heart's desire for this farm? Um, I think we've already said it is is feeding the, the community healthy food. I love El Paso. I fell in love with El Paso when I came back from California and I keep falling more in love with El Paso as each day passes. Nice. Where can folks find you on the web? Uh, so I have an online store right now. Uh, it's called ogfarms.shop. Uh, you can find my mushrooms on there and, and hopefully real soon other local products, uh, local veggies, um, quality products that, that we believe in. And you're on Instagram? And yeah, so Instagram, uh, Myers Mushrooms underscore EPTX. There's Myers Mushrooms accounts out of Kansas. And so those are Eric Myers's. Uh, give him a follow too. Any Facebook? Facebook um, at Chuco Chili Company. Wait, you make chili too? So yeah, so we started growing chili five years ago. And at the end of the season, I'd always have all sorts of chilies. So we started a company that would make added value products with all the chili that was left over. 
basically so i wouldn't have any waste cool um so yeah so we were making a lot of different chili products and going to the farmer's markets and all that stuff um and ended up opening up a kitchen um yeah but the restaurant industry is pretty crazy so i learned a lot of lessons in a short matter of time and decided to close the kitchen because i was just spreading myself way too Mm. thin and um and then COVID hit so and it just showed how crazy of an industry it really was or is it seems like you can get jerked around definitely on a day-to-day basis yeah it's tough i respect all the restaurateurs here here in el paso and all over the world is there anything else that you'd like to add thank you uh for this opportunity um to ep culture beat and um and yeah el paso i love you cool man well thanks for being on the show bro thank you for having me